0: is like all the interviews definitely like literally all of the first things i saw were like videos of jacob elordi and barry q and like flirting with each other basically they went hard on that right out the Mm. gate um because we love to be thirsty over men now famously uh, yeah, I, I read
1: a good essay about that. Uh, yeah, somewhere. I think
0: I read one. So. Right, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but you know, um, like that and that, you yeah. know, that's very, that's very cynical. And but this is, this is just what we get when, like, it is yeah. a, a fight between, like, this is what mainstream media is going to give you because they've got mm. brand deals and kind of like advertising things. that you know that they've got relationships to preserve fundamentally. Mm. You think, obviously, GQ, Vogue, Esquire, like all of these places have relationships with talent. Like that's the whole point it's Mm. the whole dog and pony show like the whole reason pitchfork was able to do what it did is because it was completely independent it had no responsibility to anyone at all and sometimes that was for the worse, but like overwhelmingly i think culture is better off when you have when you know you have significant arbiters that aren't afraid to kind of actually deal with the material at hand rather than being Mm. like you should watch this because daddy's in it
1: right Um, I, w- I wanted to also ask about how much of this is also just to do with like the in the sort of intent by maybe like HR like or maybe like PR companies or, you know, agents and stuff like that to sort of just like really play it safe. Like how much I, I-, I-, I do wonder and you you probably know more, more about this is because like. Of the stuff that you cover and of you write about, but I've heard from like music and like film, like you know writers and you know uh, critics of, of who are friends of mine, just about how difficult it can be to sort of like actually get people to like interview or like how it how it's like really difficult to sort of like you know if if a if a PR person kind of gets a sniff that you actually want, you might sort of say something bad about or like not even say something bad, but to say something like but you might somewhat. write a review, you might write a review, yeah, and they're like, no, can't can't have any of that. <laughs> Um, so we're gonna like just kind of fuck around with you and not email you back while we send like our guy to like go play with some puppies at like Buzzfeed. I don't know. I don't even don't think they fucking do that anymore. Um, the other part of that was also the other part of it is also just like in lieu of um, you know, places like Pitchfork and also places like Noisy that were doing like very we're doing like really interesting criticism. Um, one of the things that like my much younger kind of cousins sort of tell me uh not in this context but very differently so my 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 cousin who is who is a zoomer um but is also like very very into music he kind of watches reviews on youtube and most of it comes from like people like anthony fantano mm-hmm. um who seems to sort of be like the sort of you know i i know who he is in terms of like his popularity but he seems mm-hmm. to be kind of like you know a fairly decent critic I, I i don't know i mean you guys might have different opinions on that but the question i wanted to get to was like do people like like fontano and like the needle drop do they sort of represent uh or do they show that like criticism can still very much exist and it's more of like a, you know this this requires like a change of medium and eventually like we will we will get back to or we will like have critics on different platforms that will kind of serve similar purposes or is the death, or is like the death of pitchfork and the death of this level of criticism, and you know its relationship to the existing media landscape? Does that sort of just spell an end to like criticism, uh, like that takes art seriously? Like I, d- I do wonder to a degree, like even with someone like Anthony Fantano and the fact that he is first and foremost like a content creator, mm. um, that he sort of has to work in a different way, which means that like the type of artistic criticism that we are somewhat nostalgic for, but also may like. Well, you know, I think there's an argument to sort of suggest as necessity that just can no longer exist because of the sort of kind of ecosystem that we exist in.
0: Mm. I think like to briefly kind of like tackle the first part of the question, like the issue, like there is a huge access issue with artists and talent and stuff in music journalism. Um, partly, I, I will say a lot of the time that doesn't actually come down to PR. It comes down to management. Um right. PRs are genuinely, like, because their job is probably the hardest of all. <laughs> they like, trying to get decent coverage in a landscape where no uh, no publications exist, which is, like, not yeah. an easy job, really. Um, and, you know, overwhelmingly, everyone's just sort of, yeah, But everyone knows, like, it's so, so obvious that you get a better result if you kind of send someone out to hang out with fucking Adele for a week And let them spend time with her properly and just do one big temple piece than that is to like put someone in a junket and have people talk to them for twenty minutes. Like but that rarely happens anymore. And you know, there's yeah, there's a whole load of reasons why it's shit. But yeah, it does come down to a kind of lack of respect for digital media still. Um Mm. and more of a more of a preference to go with like fashion mags basically that are going to make you look sick in a Mm. photo shoot (laughs) and that often is very like not conducive to good journalism but yeah as far and then as far as you know Anthony Fantano and stuff I think who I do like by the way and I think the issue there for me personally I don't really think it's an issue of form like I actually see the needle drop and pitchfork as like two sides of the same coin and like Fantano's numbers have dropped like quite significantly like back in Mm -hmm. the day he'd be getting millions of views on a review and now he'll get like a few hundred K maybe. Um, Right. And I think they like both offer the same service in the same kind of tone. And I don't think like Anthony Fantano is suffering less because of the format he's chosen. Yeah. Um, I think the main benefit that Fantano has is like independence. Like I think he's a great interviewer. He always has solid reasons for why he does or doesn't write something. And that's another benefit with him too, is like he's got consistency. Like, you know what you're getting with him. It's been the same since he started that is not really true of pitchfork who have like kind of famously been all over the place especially in recent mm. years because they've had some like necessary course correcting to do so sure. like now people don't really know what to expect from them anymore and like generally speaking like i do think there's just far more trust for individuals over brands now anyway which is no one's fault on staff like it's literally because of bad top down decision making fucking Endless pivots from people chasing like imaginary audiences, <laughs> and like <laughs> just making just all that stuff that's just absolutely destroyed every single media company. Mm. And I think like if the needle drop is surviving, it's not because it's on video. It's because he has the freedom to like reinvent and do what he mm. thinks is best without some like C suite weirdo telling him he's wrong and then integrating his platform into hot ones. <laughs>